You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. And we are back for yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Maurice Killifer. And Susie can't join us today, but we do have a reoccurring guest. Hi, it's Sam. <laughs> Welcome back. Good to have you as always. Uh, thank you. And uh, we are continuing our month of What a Twist with uh, episode 195, Us, from 2019. Uh, it's an hour and 56 minutes, directed by Jordan Peele, who... Uh, the only other films he's directed are Get Out and Nope. The guy has written a lot of stuff, but uh, he's he's pretty new to the directing game, and so far I have not been disappointed. Um, and Key and Peele. He never directed Key and Peele. He only wrote it. I, I, I was looking into that. Uh, yeah, because I, I thought he directed that and Keanu, but apparently no, he uh, he was he was just one of the writers on him. Huh. But, uh, but yeah, he's written a lot of stuff, and he's done a lot of voice work. But... Uh, like he's acted in a ton of stuff, but that's uh, the only stuff he's directed so far. But for oh, the, the what's that? I'm surprised. Yeah, I know. Me too. Because I mean, like his writing credits and acting credits are it's a, it's a long list. But mm-hmm. uh, he's he's new to the directing game, and I can't wait for his next movie. I don't know what it's going to be, but uh, he's working on something. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's the untitled fourth Jordan Peele movie. We'll go through the cast real quick. It's it is a, a pretty large cast, but I only grabbed like the key players here. Everyone plays two roles, uh, and I'm sure I'm going to butcher some of these names, so I apologize in advance. Um, we have Adelaide and Red played. I always say her name wrong. Is it Lupta Nyong'o? Is that how you say it? I, Maurice, I feel like you know. <laughs> I, I don't. <clears throat> not sure. I, I think it's Lupta yeah, sure Nyong'o. So if I said that wrong, I, I'm sorry. But uh, she was in the um, Disney Star Wars movie. So she was in Star Wars Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, The Rise of Skywalker, uh, Black Panther 1 and 2, 12 Years a Slave, and Little Monsters. Then we have Gabe Wilson slash Abraham, played by Winston Duke. I freaking love this guy. Um, He's in Person of Interest, Black Panther 1 and 2, Avengers Infinity War, and Avengers Endgame. Every time I see him, I I always enjoy his, his roles. Um, Zora Wilson slash Umbre was played by uh, Shaddai Wright Wilson. She was in The Lion King, Them, and Come Find Me. Then we have Jason Wilson slash Pluto, played by Evan Alex. He was in Manny, The Kid, Her Shoes, Black Boy Joy, and Trees of Peace. Then we have Kitty Tyler slash Dahlia, played by Elizabeth Moss, who we would know from Girl Interrupted, Invasion, The West Wing, Mad Men, The Invisible Man, and The Handmaid's Tale. Then we have Josh Tyler slash Tex, played by Tim Heidecker, uh, who we would know from a lot of Adult Swim stuff, including Tom Goes to the Mayor, Tim and Eric's awesome show, Great Job. <laughs> Check it out with Dr. Steve Brule. Then he was in Bridesmaids, Fantastic Four, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Moonbase 8, and Bob's Burgers. Uh, then we have Becca Taylor slash EO. She was in Friends, Novel Romance, and Life. And her twin, Lindsay Taylor slash Nix, was also in Friends, Novel Romance, and Life. So 
let's go around the table here and see what everyone thinks like just off the bat we're, we're kind of we're gonna have one of our conversational shows with this episode but just to kind of set the stage what does everyone feel sam as you're our guest we'll start with you what are your thoughts on this so the first time i saw this is when it first came out and then obviously being like a fan of key and peel and stuff i was super excited about it and i don't remember like a lot of it it was weird like when i went to go rewatch it now i remembered like the beginning and the end like the middle i was Mm -hmm. just like wait what I don't remember that. I don't remember like getting views of like the city and them sitting down and like watching the news and kind of seeing like it's going on in other places, not just happening to them. Like, I totally don't remember that part at all. I just kind of mm-hmm. had like this view of being like the strangers, you know, kind of like along the line of that from like memory. But then like right. watching it again, I was like, man, <laughs> this is so good. There's a lot to it. Yeah, no, I, I remember this is one of those films when me and Maurice saw it in the theater, like I liked it at face value. And then the more I thought about it and the, and the more like because I was sitting there, I remember like I was at home playing video games, just thinking about the movie. And I kept like unraveling parts to it going, oh, that makes more sense that way. And it was like I found myself thinking yeah. about it all freaking night. And like the more <laughs> layers you peel back, like the easier it is to like see how it's all connected and damn i loved it like i loved it even more later <laughs> like as it was going on travis and i were kind of like throwing back and forth he was like "Ooh, changelings ooh, or doppelgangers and i know they did say like clones and that was like a government experience and everything but if you look at it from the aspect of like there was a village of changelings living underneath the city or, you know, Mm -hmm. doppelgangers or something and think of it that way. It's like, ah, it's kind of possible that way too. Well, and that's the thing. He definitely pulled from a lot of, uh, a lot of movies that do stuff like that, particularly uh, invasion of the body snatchers. There's a lot of elements and Mm -hmm. specifically like the way they communicate with one another um, was very much a, a nod to invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah. But uh, Maurice, what are your thoughts on this? I, I remember when we saw it in the theater together, I remember you dug it, but uh, what are your thoughts after watching it critically? I still like it. Uh, it's, I always go back and forth if I like this or get out but more. Um, mm-hmm. Watching it critically, I probably have to say I probably like this more now. You don't know really what's going on. Uh, trying to figure out how to pinpoint what's going on, you know, I know usually you're pretty good at figuring out what's going on. I think even you had a difficult time. Oh, absolutely. Getting a a grasp on it. So, Mm -hmm. and usually, you know, you know, especially Mike knows 20 minutes into a movie. (laughs) That's what's so nice when Mike and I watch movies together, because we're both (laughs) throwing out our options there. Well, uh, give me this, or I don't know. I'm in a box. (laughs) Like when we watched Frozen, we're like, if they would just do, and then it's like, oh shit, they did oh. that. <laughs> oh, that was so good. <laughs> but no, I, I definitely no. You're, you're right, Maurice. Like when, when we watched this, I remember trying to figure out there were there were certain things that weren't quite making sense because like the the end game hadn't been revealed yet. Mm-hmm. Um, like particularly the scene with Jason and Pluto, like how Pluto's taken out. I remember thinking, like, well, why did that happen like that? That doesn't make any sense. 
And then, like, after we get, like, Red's speech at the end, I was like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, I get it now. Like, you know, so, I, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love the cast. I love Winston Duke. Um, I didn't realize until I looked up today that he's only been acting since 2013, and he's only been in, like, five or six movies. And most yeah, of them yeah, were the Marvel right. movies. Yeah, but he's but he's, yeah. he's so good. And everything he's in, yeah, I, I love him. You know, I love his characters. Uh, I think he's a really good actor. And um, uh, what did we say her name was? Lupita, right? Uh, yeah, uh, I think it's it's Lupita. Lupita Nyong or Nyongo. Nyongo. Yeah, I, she's good in everything she's in too. Uh, oh my I really God. enjoy her work. Uh, even the kids were really good actors in this movie. Um, yeah. But I remember this movie really like when I first saw it freaked me out because the whole, you know, you don't know. Are they are they clones? Are they aliens? What? I mean, where are they? Yeah. But, well, and that but, yeah. that's the thing. They never really say because they, they do talk about the tethered being an experiment, uh, but they also say they're human. Um, right. And my, my favorite line is, what are you? We're Americans. Yeah. <laughs> I right. thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> and, 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 and doesn't she say, like, uh, we're, you know, we're just like you, uh, skin and teeth or teeth and yeah. just yep. not the souls? Yeah, the soul is the only thing that the experiment couldn't replicate. They said the soul is still one shared by two. So, yeah. in, in other words, like, in order for the tethered to to have their soul, they need to remove the one they're tethered to. Mm-hmm. So they got to kill them. Yeah, I you know I just love it because it's original. It's an original movie. It's not a remake. It's not a copy of something that happened mm-hmm. twenty years ago. It's 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 his own idea. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, he took pieces from other movies, but oh sure, but know. we all, everyone does that. I mean, right. that's nothing new under the sun. No, and that's how you make movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they very enjoyable. The... They Sorry. did what? No, go ahead. <laughs> they did the, the tension so well when you're first, like, the f- two families are first, like, meeting each other, you know, where oh. they're like, oh, there's a family standing outside. Like, that tension you feel in that whole interaction was just, and then even when they come inside. And, you know, mm-hmm. and they're kind of sitting across from each other and stuff that was just done like so well, too, where you're just like, what the fuck? You know, mm-hmm. well, yeah. <laughs> I know Jordan Peele said that he uh, he directed them like there's I know I have it somewhere in here. Um, he gave the cast a yeah a list of films. So there would be a shared language amongst the cast while, while filming. Uh, he had them watch uh, the original Jaws. Dead Again, The Shining, The Babadook, It Follows, A Tale of Two Sisters, The Birds, Funny Games, Martyrs, Let the Right One In, and The Sixth Sense. This scene in particular is extremely reminiscent of Funny Games. And I don't know if you guys have seen Funny... Funny Games is hard for me to watch. Like, it's it's one of those movies, much like Martyrs, that it just, it really gets under my skin. And this this scene was like it just screamed funny games to me and i'm like ah, i don't like it <laughs> so yeah i agree the tension was very palpable in that sequence i haven't seen funny games i'll have to check that out then Ooh, there's the I've, original... I've seen martyrs so i was say 
the original Funny Games, I think, was 90... 97, 98, yeah, 97. I just looked it up real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was also a remake in the mid-2000s. Um, uh, I, I haven't yeah. seen the remake. I saw the original, and I was afraid to watch the remake. Because <laughs> it just, <laughs> it got under my skin. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sorry, Maurice, we cut, we kind of cut you off. Oh, what, that's what, fine. What, what were you saying now? Uh, let's see, I talked about the cast, talked about the movie. What was that? How, how was the original what was I gonna? I was gonna say something after, and I can't remember now. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no, it's good. Um, it'll come back to me. You know, when we're in the middle of a different topic. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it always yeah. goes. <laughs> Did you guys notice the eleven eleven consistency with yes, like on was, the sign and the clock? It was, it was based on a Bible verse. Yeah, it's based on Jeremiah eleven eleven. Um, yeah, because we we all homeless guy in the sign. Yeah, the, the beach Bible bum, as I called him. <laughs> he, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, so basically, Jeremiah eleven eleven. Um, it's, and I'm quoting from the King James here, it's, Thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. Now, what this entire, uh, this entire uh, scripture is about is it's it's talking particularly about the descendants of Judah who broke the covenant with God. So the idea was that God was like, I will lead you out of Egypt. We will lead you to the land of milk and honey. Basically, follow me and I will lead you to freedom, which they did. The ancestors followed God and they they found you know where they wanted to go. They found the promised land, et cetera, et cetera. But generations later, the descendants stopped following God. They stopped practicing the covenant and they started worshiping false idols. So God was basically like, well, you're not going to you're not going to enjoy the the covenant if you're going to break it. So the whole the whole scripture is about living up to your word and not breaking promises. And if you look at that in relation to what happens to the tethered, where it's like they have a purpose and then that purpose is abandoned and then they're set there. They're they're basically set there with no purpose whatsoever. They have no one to follow until red. And now they have a purpose. So it's. It makes sense if if you if you you know kind of look at the the scripture versus what happens in the film. You know, it's not creepy with AI being around or anything either. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, the eleven eleven it popped up multiple times. The uh, we have the eleven eleven yeah. on the clock. We have eleven eleven uh, the tide game uh, mm-hmm. that Gabe was watching. Uh, one yeah. of also one of the uh, teams was the twins. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. Um, yeah, it pops up again and again and again all throughout the entire movie. And, and again, it's, if you think about it, it's, what is 1111? It's twin numbers. And, and though each, the number is twins itself. So it's one and one and then one and one. (laughs) So it, there's twin themes throughout this entire freaking film. Mm -hmm. Um, like the fact that they use scissors as their main weapon, you know, think about it. It's two blades connected as one unit. And yeah. what are scissors used to do? They're they're used to cut things apart, to yeah. untether them. As like the, the subjective. Oh, the the symbolism throughout this film is is insane. Like I was noticing so many little things that I never noticed on my on my first or second watch. Like the fact that you know I got five on it is the the main song that gets played throughout this movie. I never really thought about it, but it. I mean, yeah, the song is about getting drugs. 
But it's about buying a dime bag. It's about two people buying a dime bag. So both people are putting five on it to get the dime bag. So again, two people for one thing. Yep. And I was like, Jesus, it's everywhere in this movie. Jordan got deep. <laughs> he really did. Like, there's so many <laughs> crazy things going on. Um, the t-shirts, all- I want to point out. Me being like a fan of t-shirts too, like the black flag shirts, mm-hmm. uh, Jaws shirts, the oh, Thriller yeah, yeah. shirt that she mm-hmm. got at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, love- I noticed that. I think I noticed that the first time I watched it with the uh, the, the Carney had the black flag shirt on. Mm-hmm. So did the one twin. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, the uh, fu- funny thing I, I didn't know I saw in the trivia the the guy at the very start of the film at the uh, at the carnival like the boardwalk where we see young Adelaide and her parents, um, the guy who is like telling him, oh, you can stop now or you can go for, for another prize, you know, that whole thing. He's Jack Nicholson's nephew. And the mm-hmm. funny thing in the trivia, did you see that, Reese? Where yeah. <laughs> Jordan Peele told him to, to play the role like, uh, was it Lloyd the Bartender? Is that his name? Lo- yeah, Lloyd the Bartender. Yeah. From The Shining, not knowing that he was related to Jack Nicholson. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, you know, you're right. There's, there's, uh, you know, awesome shirts all over this film. I loved that Jaws shirt that, uh, Jason was rocking. Mm-hmm. I was like, that was a cool fucking shirt. And you know why he was named Jason? You saw that, right? Yep. That, uh, based off of Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's he always, he always has a mask on. So <laughs> like the mask <laughs> killer, yeah. but, uh, for anyone that that has not seen this film, like I, again, we we warn at the top of the show, spoilers are coming. Um, but yeah, the the basic premise is about clones. It's about doppelgangers. Um, so the the I guess the most simple way to explain this is a family goes on vacation and uh, <laughs> it have like it just happens to coincide with when these doppelgangers are going to reveal themselves to the world. Um, and they're, they're basically a group of clones that live underground that puppeteer the people above, which that's a terrifying thought to me that like all of your actions happen because somebody else is doing them down below. Like, it's fucking Mm. creepy. It's especially creepy when red starts telling Adelaide the story. Because mm-hmm. you realize that it, you realize what's happening, and it's like, oh no, <laughs> like that's <laughs> terrifying. Um, oh, yeah. that's that's a good time uh, right now to kind of just jump to the jugular with the twist. Yeah, <laughs> but, well, and and that's the thing. Like, uh, so so we find out very early on. Um, it's not hundred percent revealed, but we mm-hmm. find out early on. That Red, the uh, the clone of Adelaide, or as we think is the clone of Adelaide, is actually the real Adelaide. And, you know, who we thought was Adelaide is actually the Tethered. So she kidnaps uh, Addie when she's a little girl and replaces her in the, the tunnels below. And So just, how oh. does her soul kind of like... Because Eddie seems like a, a great, let's go with this family. This family seems amazing. You know, the mom seems great. Dad seems great. Everybody seems like well-connected. The jokes they make, even when they're talking about kill counts later on, you mm-hmm. know, joking about who has the highest kill counts. It's a really tight family unit. 
How right. could she have being tethered, therefore not really feeling a soul, have created this great bond and had these two amazing children? Well, I, I think that can easily be explained away by the fact that she, okay, so like when we first see her as a kid after she's been replaced, we see her in the car with the parents, she's watching everything. She is studying everything. Her parents are constantly at each other's throats. They're they're constantly bickering. Clearly not a happy marriage. Then she's listening when they take her to the doctor and the doctor is telling them, you know, have her dance, have her draw, have her write, anything that will help us understand her story. She's watching and learning from everything around them. And I think what ends up happening is she convinces even herself that she belongs there. You know, mm-hmm. that she's that yeah. she's the real one. And because yeah. when they talk yeah. about the whole dance thing, like Red had said, I never danced in my life until you. And she's like, and I know you felt it, too. That's when I saw the face of God. So basically, I think that what they're saying there is that's when when Addie officially became who she was supposed to be. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 clone, the tethered Addie is now she kind of came into her own while the other one was rotting underground. Um, but then came with her plan. Cause after that too, she said after she danced, she knew what she had to do. Right. Exactly. But, and, and it, then it, the, the whole sequence where she's talking about the family, we'll get to that in a minute, but yeah, she, so basically I know this, this is getting confusing. It's hard to say like, which one's Addie, which one's yeah, red, but the, the untethered <laughs> Addie, like the, the real Addie who was down below, mm-hmm. she was, she was basically becoming more and more bitter and trapped down there. And I'm questioning like her voice. Is it because the tethered don't talk that she started to have trouble talking? No. Or no, is it no. Because she first throat? got grabbed. She got that, she was choked. That's yeah. what I was wondering. I was wondering, did she damage her larynx? Like, what yep. happened? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, there was, like, did you hear that snap when she hit her in the throat? Oh, no, like, I didn't hear that. Slight, yeah, I heard, there was this slight little snap. I heard oh. that this viewing. I, mm-hmm. I've i never heard that before, but watching yep. it. Okay, so she, her, her, her voice, or her, you know, throat was damaged. Okay, that makes sense. Because yep. I was always, I was sitting there wondering, like, Because when you first see the movie, like before you know the plot of the movie, like you're just kind of watching it along, it seems like Red taught herself to talk, whereas the other ones can only speak in grunts and growls and all that. Yeah, it it does. Because the way she talks, it's very like clicky and very like, you know, it like she pauses between like in the middle of a word. There's a lot of that happening. So I thought it almost seemed like someone teaching themselves to speak from listening to others. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, apparently it's from the damage. But but you could think that other thing because of that. Like, that's right. a perfect explanation, you know, that if you weren't, were guessing and weren't sure, you could go either way with it. Right. And I think that's kind of what he was trying to do, because, like, mm-hmm. they don't reveal until the very end like exactly what's going on so there's a lot of questioning up through that and i always love movies that do this like hereditary was another great example of this where it unfolds in front of you and like you don't truly understand what's going on until the very end of the film like the the they 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 spell it out for you at the end but then on subsequent watches you see all the fucking groundwork that they laid to basically hint 
to what's actually happening. It's like, oh, damn, okay. <laughs> like, and there's a ton of that in this. Um, like, I know I wrote it down here. I'm trying to find it in my notes. I feel there... like it's like Easter hunting on sets. You know how you sometimes would look around on sets and see like cool things and stuff? Like yeah. here, it's just everywhere. It's in the set. It's in the storyline. It's in the way people are moving. It's in the way some people are acting out a scene, especially if they were given guidance of, hey, watch this film. Act mm-hmm. out this character in the film. Like you can totally see that. And I feel like everybody he did pick to do that did it well. You know? Oh, absolutely. Like, and man, the, uh, <laughs> the scene with Tim Heidecker as, uh, as Tex, where he's looking for Gabe, he oscillates between terrifying and silly. And like, you can kind of see in some of the films that the Jordan Peele picked, especially like in the shining, how Jack Nicholson would oscillate between terrifying and just kind of like almost just nuts. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like, yep, he totally. kind of. He's doing the same thing, and I I love it. But um, did, did you see Spencer Confidential? No. Oh, it's a uh, the guy that plays Gabe and um, uh, Travis's big crush. <laughs> One actor, Marky Mark. Oh, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> so it's him and Mark Wahlberg, and they live like it with this coach guy and they both got out of prison recently and this coach is trying to help him and stuff. He's hilarious in that one. Oh, I'm <laughs> going to have to look that up. <laughs> yeah. He's like this hippie kind of like guy that just got out of prison and he's always like super Zen and stuff. And just, it's hysterical. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say, I did write this whole scene down, uh, but when when the family, when the tethered break into the Wilson's house and they have them all like, you know, basically they're doing the stare, the staring down thing. And Red tells her story. This is fucking creepy as hell. So she tells her once upon a time there was a girl and the girl had a shadow. The two were connected, tethered together. When the girl ate, her food was given to her warm and tasty. But when the when the shadow was hungry, she had only rabbit to eat, raw and bloody. On Christmas, the girl received wonderful toys, soft and cushy, but the shadow's toys were so sharp and cold, they'd slice through her fingers when she tried to play with them. The girl met a handsome prince and fell in love, but the shadow at the same time met Abraham. It didn't matter if she loved him or not. He was tethered to the girl's prince after all. And I love that when she says that, Abraham looks ashamed. Like it's like yeah. they were they were forced to be in this relationship and he wanted not like neither one of them wanted anything to do with it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. She goes, then the girl had her first child, a beautiful baby girl. But the shadow, she gave birth to a little monster. Umbre was born laughing. And then we close it on Umbre's face and she's grinning with that creepy fucking smile. Mm-hmm. Which was great because she died laughing, too. Mm hmm. Oh, it was so creepy. That scene yeah. creeps me out every time. Um, but she goes, the girl had a second child, a boy this time. They had to cut her open and take him from her belly. The shadow had to do it all herself. And re- and again, this is a testament to her acting. As she says that, a single tear just rolls down her cheek from her wide open eyes. And it's like, fuck, that's horrific to think about. Because if Adelaide is doing something topside and 
again, keep in mind the tethered were supposed to puppeteer the actual people, which means red is down below being puppeteered by Adelaide. So as the doctors are cutting open Adelaide, giving her a C-section, red has to slice her own belly open and take her child out. Like how fucking horrifying is that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then she says, uh, she goes, she named him Pluto. He was born to love fire. So you see the shadow hated the girl so much for so long until one day the shadow realized she was being tested by God. And this is where Gabe goes, what are you people? And she goes, we're Americans. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking love that line so much. But that entire sequence. Now, the first time I watched. But if they were experiments, then like, do they have a social security number? And like, isn't that (laughs) technically what makes you American anyways? Right, you that's know, true. <laughs> like, so do, do they? <laughs> they're, are they illegals? I, know. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know if your American statement was actually accurate. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just because they really like violence. You know, they're like, yeah, we're Americans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not like that whole sequence, the first time I watched it in the theater, like it was creepy. It was definitely creeping me out. But again, not knowing the, uh, you know, the story, like what's going to happen at the end here. I'm just thinking like, okay, she's the tether, you know? And then when we get to the reveal at the end with, you know, Adelaide actually being the tethered, it's like, oh, oh, damn. Oh, that fucking sucks. <laughs> like that poor kid. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, oh man, the whole sequence. Which is so makes great. sense from that story that she just said, because if the tethered's, the puppeteer and they mm-hmm. switched spots. Yep. Then, that means yeah. that Red had no yep. choice but to do what Adelaide did. And it's yep. like, oh, that's so fucking horrific. But this this whole sequence is creepy because like uh, you know, Gabe is trying to like talk his way out of it. Eventually, you know, Red signals for Abraham to do something about it, and he grabs Gabe and like drags him outside, um, smacking him with the baseball bat. And then she tells Zora to run mm-hmm. and she and, and Umbre goes to follow her. And then Pluto and uh, and Jason are supposed to go and play. And Adelaide tells Jason, show him one of your tricks, because that's the other thing is Ad, uh, Jason is like always playing little tricks. He's jumping out and scaring his sister. You know, he's always hiding. He, he has like the little like fire starter thing he's trying to do, the little sparker. Um, he has mask. He's always he's always like he's hiding and jumping out of people and stuff. So he brings uh, Pluto into the closet and the closet we see earlier in the film, uh, he has to prop it open. Otherwise he can get locked inside. So he props it open. He goes and hides in the closet. And the two of them have this back and like back and forth where, you know, uh, Pluto makes him put his mask down and then Jason pulls his mask up, which forces Pluto to pull his mask up. So now think about what just happened there. Yeah. And that's how Jason. Yep. Yep, he was puppeteering Pluto. So, because he's the son of a tethered. And so it's like those those little details that, like, when you first watch it, you might not pick it up. It almost just looks like one's yep. mimicking the other, but no. Yeah. And, and that's how he figures out later. Mm-hmm. How, how to take <laughs> Pluto out. <laughs> yep. Because, yeah. yeah, later in the film, we get the whole sequence where... Uh, uh, Pluto is he well first he he goes under their car and does something because they're like what is that and they back up 
and they see Pluto standing there, like he stands up from the ground, and you know Adelaide goes to confront him, and Jason realizes it's a trap. So he tells them all to get out of the car. They get out. We see the line of gas stretching from the car to where Pluto's standing, and he holds a match up. But then Jason throws his arms out and forces Pluto to throw his arms out, and then he starts backing slowly up you know, and forcing Pluto to back up slowly into a fire and burn and die. I was like, oh, shit, that kid's smart. <laughs> but not knowing Red was hiding in that van and somehow matched her outfit to the exact color of a van oh that God. was randomly in a parking lot. That was so Pretty impressive. creepy. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> impressive. She was like fucking chameleon. <laughs> Seriously, like, when she moved, you're like, shit, wait, she was there? Yep. <laughs> The first time I saw that, that that did make me jump. Like, it wasn't like a big jump. It was just one of those, like, full body, like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Came out of nowhere. <laughs> Little gyration. I'm like, ugh. I don't like that. But, no, it's, I just, I, I can't say enough good about this fucking movie. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I do like the the Tylers, their family, like, how how opposite they are to the Wilsons. Because the Wilsons, oh, yeah. they're a tight-knit, happy, loving family. Like, yeah, they bicker and tease each other, but they love each other. You, then you see the Tylers, and it's like the husband and wife clearly hate each other. <laughs> like, they're You're constantly... just waiting bickering. for them to die. Right. I they're... think they were waiting to kill them. They were like, that's why they were like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I got no problem killing these people. <laughs> right. But it's like the Tylers were, they were just such a miserable family. But I also like the juxtaposition there that Gabe was constantly trying to keep up with the Tylers. You know, he was like, you know, he had to buy a boat because, you know, Ty, uh, uh, Josh Tyler had a boat. And of course, his boat was like, you know, Gabe's boat was secondhand and kind of just broken down. Whereas, uh, you know, Tyler's was like, I, I do, I do like the the name of the boat. It was, it was a mini yacht and it was called uh, Biatch. It was spelled yacht. <laughs> <laughs> that cracked me up um but he had a nice little boat and then he was talking about his brand new car so the whole thing is that family has everything like when we see their little getaway their little summer home it's like this big beautiful house with huge glass windows like the, the kind like almost glass walls you know they go from like floor to ceiling they have like it's all hooked up with like an alexa type uh you know digital assistant they ophelia got the, yeah ophelia <laughs> Which is funny because I love the, that name. <laughs> but did you see in the in the uh, trivia that the Ophelia is the the it means hope in Greek, mm-hmm. and uh, oh. it's like, huh? They had no hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, they got that nice, big, beautiful house, and they're miserable as fuck. You know. Meanwhile, the Wilsons, you know, yeah, they don't have as much, but they're happy as hell. And so. isn't that how it usually is, though? Mm-hmm. But I did like that juxtaposition, the, the way they, they pointed that out, like how how even though Gabe yeah. was constantly aspiring to be like them, you know, he was much happier than they were. Yeah. Um, I also can we just talk about Gabe as a character for a moment? My God, like <laughs> he plays the perfect dad. <laughs> Seriously, he's and got like the- a, a guy his size, like you normally don't see in like that road unless it's more like a comedic. You know, well, and that's the thing. He was he's he was very kind of dopey. He played the dopey dad like he had Mm -hmm. the corny dad jokes. You know, he was like 
constantly like pushing up his glasses, a little little nerdy, a little goofy. You know, trying. He was making the jokes like when uh, when uh, Zora was bitching about the internet. She's like, you know, the Wi-Fi doesn't work here. He goes, you don't need the internet. You have the outer net. And he points his arms up. <laughs> <at> the... Yeah. <laughs> He's like making all these you know doofy jokes. And he was all excited about his secondhand boat, and they're all mocking him. He's like, y'all are spoiled. You're spoiled. <laughs> like he, just... he was so hot. Just any time he was on the screen, I was just like. He's so hot. <laughs> See, and he I, did such a good job playing that character, too, that you just, like, you loved him, you know? You yes. were just like, oh, man, he's such, like, a nice guy. Even when she was, like, kind of confessing to him, like, you know, and how can you be married for, to somebody and have kids and them not know that you got lost as a child? But anyhow, so when right. she finally tells him, you know, he's just like, well, what, what can I do to help, you know? just kind of gives her this face and stuff you know and that was really sweet too i did like his comment though because like she he could see she was clearly scared he's like well okay i'm pretty sure i could kick your ass so i don't think we'd have any trouble with her <laughs> then she looks at him he's like okay i was trying to lighten the mood <laughs> he was trying <laughs> i also love before that when she goes to bed, he's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna watch the Giants highlights, and, and then then I'll, I'll I'll meet you in the bedroom, or I'll, I'll meet you in there in the magic room." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was cute. <laughs> and then like when they're getting ready for bed, and he hops into bed and like lays there with his legs kind of spread, looking at her like, "Hey, now." <laughs> I was cracking up. Like he just he played such a good dad character. Yeah, I was like, totally. oh. But that, that sh again, shows you the the range of Duke Wilson. Or is it Wilson Duke? No. Wait, Duke Wilson. Wilson Duke. No, uh, right? Winston Duke. Winston Duke. Duke. I, I always want to say Duke. Uh, yeah, Winston Duke. Duke, Duke because Duke. in, like, the Marvel films, he plays, like, you know, a big badass. Like, he's kicking ass and taking names. And then over here, he's, like, you know, this goofy, happy-go-lucky dad. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Another guy but, like I mean, he's also a ball breaker in that too, though. True, true. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of comedy in in the Marvel movies. <laughs> but you know what? Another actor that that is like this guy, in in my opinion, who can who has that that type of range, who can go back and forth and and doesn't get enough credit, is uh, uh Dave Batista. Mm -hmm. Like I know yeah. more. I was just talking to you about this the other day. I just recently watched Knock at the Cabin Door. And he really impressed me in that movie. Like, I mean, the movie overall, I really enjoyed. But him in particular, I loved how he played that character. And I was like, damn, normally yeah. he's just given the badass roles. And I mean, granted, Drax is hilarious. Don't get me wrong. But he's always given, like, the badass roles. And I'm like, this guy can play. He has range. <laughs> like, let's see more of him. I like him. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, so... Okay, what what is there any scene that stood out to you guys as being really creepy or really scary other oh. than like we we talked about the the room with the family like where they're confronted. <laughs> Go for it. What what do you got? <laughs> um the fight scene correlating with the dance memory. Oh, that was so good. Oh my gosh, it was so good. And how so every good. <laughs> every time Adelaide went to go swing Red would like deke her out by doing a dance move and stab her with the scissors. And it was like, oh yeah. shit. <laughs> like, oh, that looks so painful. It was so well done. I I know personally the scene, well, it, it's kind of a twofer, but the scene that gets me is when um when we see Dahlia 
has Adelaide kidnapped, like she has her you know, chained to the bed, and she like goes over to her and she tries to cut her, which brings up a question. But she goes to cut her and her hands start shaking and she pulls away and then cuts her own face while grinning into the camera. I was like, yeah. holy fuck, that's creepy. But my question is, can a tethered not hurt a tethered? Because she... Oh, yeah, it, yeah. It looks like she wants to hurt Adelaide, but she can't do yep. it. Or is it because Adelaide is still tethered? And when Dahlia... Dahlia already killed Kitty at this point. So when she cuts her own face and then she smiles, is it that like, hey, I have my soul now. I'm in charge. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, w- I was wondering what that actually meant. But yeah, that whole scene followed closely by where she hears Gabe and Tex fighting in the boat and she looks out and she has this look of fear and then she's like it's a silent scream with tears that turns into silent laughter like she's like a fucking madman and we see Zora come in behind her with the the golf club and she goes to hit her and then immediately Dahlia snaps out of it and grabs Zora by the throat like that whole sequence scared the shit out of me (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Jesus. That was creepy. What What about you, yeah, Reese? Uh, the scene that really always gets me is when they're standing in the yard because they're, they're just not moving. They're just standing there very, very scary. And mm-hmm. I don't know, that part always freaks me out because you that... don't know what, what they're going to do. They're just they're just there. And and that whole sequence, like right from how it starts, where like the power goes out and the family's kind of freaking out. I, I do love this though. Like Jason just comes and stands in the doorway, and Gabe turns and it scares the shit out of him. He's like, "Oh Jesus, don't do that!" <laughs> and he goes, "There's a, there's a family in the driveway," and he's like, "What? What are you talking about?" And then we see, "Yep, there's a family in the driveway." <laughs> I also I didn't like, like how like finally Gabe was just like yeah come at me and it's like well you just told them to so yeah right <laughs> well you, a, you invited them I, I thought that whole sequence yeah. was funny because he he like he puts an affectation on his voice where he's like all right are we gonna have to get physical like he gets like loud and like changes his voice some <laughs> and then when they start moving he's like hey 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 now <laughs> like goes right back to like scared dad mode also, <laughs> I got a comment on this when they're going to break into the house in the beginning and uh, they have everything all locked up and we see Red pick up the hide a key and just start unlocking the door. And <laughs> Gabe is like, I thought you said you locked it. And Adelaide goes, the hide a key goes, hide a key. What kind of white shit? <laughs> like he runs yeah. the door. I couldn't stop laughing because I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is true. <laughs> but, I don't remember the the worldwide like hand linking thing either. Mm. The hands across, like, hands wait, across America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but see, it's funny because if you think about it, like, okay, so we, we start the movie with the commercial for Hands Across America, um, where young Adelaide is watching that. So and she even has a Hands Across America t shirt. Um yeah. So when she's trapped down in, you know, in the the underground with the other tethered, you know, yeah, she has that T-shirt. That's like one of the last things she has from the above world. And she talks about later when she's telling her story to, to well, when Red is telling her story to Adelaide, um, she says that killing you 
wouldn't be enough. We had to make a statement, something the whole world would see. So if you think about it from a child's perspective, like something like Hands Across America, I mean, Hands Across America seems like a insane endeavor to begin with. But as a kid, like you would believe like, yeah, this could actually happen and this would make people see. And mm-hmm. she or, she said she spent years organizing it. So and if you think about how fucking creepy the tethered are, <laughs> like I could see them just standing there for days. And on if it's been years yeah. and if they're like seeing it on the news and it's seeming like it's more like widespread, are they in every tunnel everywhere? I kind of got the distinct impression that this this stretched across the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that there was some kind of crazy experiment that had happened, you know, Lord knows when, and then was abandoned. That um, too, like, how far back would it go is if there was even a tethered for um, Addie, then there had to be ones for her parents first for mm-hmm. her to even have one, you know? Well, and we even, we see her, her parents tethered. Like, we see them down, like, yeah. when they're, so, yep. like, when we see everyone at the park, like, including the yeah. Bible guy, the the game, the guy who was running the game, the people on the roller coasters, they're they're yep. all, all the tethered. Um, well, we, in the opening uh, text crawl in the beginning of the movie, it says there are thousands of miles of tunnels beneath the continental United States, abandoned subway systems, unused service routes, and deserted mine shafts. Many have no known purpose at all. And the creepy thing about this is I was watching a little thing on YouTube where they were talking about missing persons cases, and they were talking specifically about the thousands of miles of caverns and tunnels all across middle America. Like how just natural tunnels and sinkholes and shit all over the country. And like that a lot of these places where they have like, you know, caverns that people go into, there are huge signs that are like, do not go beyond this point. You know, you're not safe, blah, blah, blah. But people go wandering in anyway and they never come back. So it's like, you know, is it the tethered? Is it the descent monsters? <laughs> like, what's under there? There's there's also, um, for uh, Christmas one year, I got from my friend this book on communities in the tunnels underneath New York City. Like, oh, there's, yeah. like, legit, like, communities under there. Like, they grow food even down there. They figured mm-hmm. out a way how to do that and everything. So, like... They exist. <laughs> there are people oh, yeah. out in the tunnels, you know, living. There there was one of, I forget which VHS movie. One of the VHS movies had, um, it was, was the Ratman? I forget his name, but he was a monster. But there was like a group of homeless people worshiping this creature in the tunnels. But they all had like this series of homes down in the tunnels and underground. And they were worshiping this creature. <laughs> but um uh, but yeah, there was, uh, I watched another, again, on YouTube, I fall down these weird rabbit holes sometime, but they were talking exactly about what you were just talking about, Sam, where people living underground, uh, just homeless people who have nowhere else to go. And there was one, I want to say it was in LA, but this guy lived in a weird, like electrical tunnel that was underneath a train station. And it was really cool, like how he had it set up because he had this, you from the outside, you couldn't see. Like you could not see that there was anything going on. It just, you just saw power lines and other stuff going down into the ground, just like you would see at any kind of substation. He had a, a, like a, a, a slat of brick that he could pull up and climb underground into this little like tunnel section. 
and he had spliced into the power cables and hooked up a computer that he built out of old parts and actually had the internet down there. <laughs> like, he was oh, hiding yeah. out underground. He had, like, a little microwave, a little computer with the internet. He had his sleeping bed. I'm like, damn, this guy's got, That's he's right. got a nice little setup. <laughs> seriously man he's not having to pay rent right well and that's the thing i'm like that how big his little his little hideaway was i'm like shit i've seen apartments in new york city that are smaller <laughs> like, yeah he actually had a pretty good setup <laughs> but no but that that is a, a truly terrifying thought though like how many people not not just in america but across the world but you know particularly in america because we have all these weird fucking tunnels and shit how many people are living in those? You know, because it seems to happen all over the place. And think about the yeah. way the economy is right now. Those numbers have probably even gone up. Oh, God, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, again, people out of are... necessity. Yeah. Pe- yeah. People are being priced out of, you know, houses. Yeah. But... Totally. Even apartments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of the... <laughs> My God, I, you know, uh, Tara and Mike, not to derail the podcast too much, but Tara and Mike are, are, are currently, you know, house shopping and she's been sharing a lot of their, uh, you know, their, the houses they're looking at with me. And, um, man, I can't get over the pricing. Like I keep yeah. seeing how much like, and, and it's not like they're looking for anything extravagant. Like they're looking for oh. something like my house or smaller. Like it's, it's yeah. like just a normal, you know, house. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and the prices are outrageous. Crazy. Like I, ugh, I don't know how people can afford to live anymore. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's the real horror story. But back to our yeah. fake horror story. <laughs> um, <laughs> nah, could be real too. Could be real too. We don't know. This is true. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to imagine it being real. That scares me too much. <laughs> um. One thing that really did crack me up, and and I and again, I God bless Jordan Peele for letting it play out. When the Tylers are killed by their doppelgangers, and Kitty is the only one to survive, and she's like crawling over to her dead husband, and she says, you know, she says stop, and Ophelia stops. She's like, okay, stopping the Beach Boys, and she goes, Ophelia, call the police, and she's like, playing fuck the police by N.W.A. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> we start playing that. She gets murdered, and then the song continues to play through this whole scene. (laughs) Where, like, the Wilsons come there, they fight with the the clones, and the whole time it's just playing Fuck the Police. I'm like, this is is great. (laughs) (laughs) I love it when, and you see this occasionally, but in a horror movie, where they take a really fun song and juxtapose it with, like, a crazy scene happening, but they let the whole thing play out. You know, it's not just a snippet or clips of a song. They're like, no, we're just going to let this song play. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's so good. Try this out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and that's, yeah, Morris, I forgot to ask you, what are your thoughts on the soundtrack? Because there's, there's some good songs in this movie. Yeah, yeah, the soundtrack <laughs> was super good. It, it was pretty good. I'll say there, there, was, a, there was a bunch I, I, I liked on here. Um, trying to see here. I'm a fan of hip hop, so I was pretty like excited. Right. I'm trying. To, what is the the song at the end of the movie? I'm trying to find it now. Damn it, I can't find it. <laughs> but it, it's that like happy, you know, happy go lucky song that they play at the very end. Uh, <sighs> I, I normally, mm, yeah, I normally I write that shit down, but I forgot. 
but uh, but no, I, I thought it was a good soundtrack overall. No, it's one of the better ones. And like, what would you do if you were in this situation too? <laughs> which which part? Thing. <laughs> yeah, wait. like like you're face to face with like basically a doppelganger of you. Um, I think uh, my my first thought would be someone's fucking with me. <laughs> I'd probably get killed because I'd be too stupid about it. I'd be like, okay, who's fucking with me? And then I'd get stabbed in the neck with scissors. I'd probably I'd probably just ask him to go to a concert or something. <laughs> <laughs> Maurice is like, we can share the wristband. They'll never know. <laughs> <coughs> I'd oh. like to think that I would get my tethered into some like, you know, Freaky Friday type hijinks, you know, or not Freaky Friday, um, Parent Trap type hijinks where you know run around as twins and do fun stuff. But uh, I, I'd probably just get stabbed. Speaking of movies, uh, I thought it was funny how <laughs> they were talking about setting up traps like in Home Alone. Oh God, that oh, was yeah. freaking hilarious! <laughs> that was amazing. And she, and she said, "What do you think we're gonna stop them with Matchbox cars?" No, micro machines. She goes, now is not the time. She goes, now's not the time to sprinkle micro machines on the yeah. floor. And I love it because the one kid goes, What are micro machines? And the other one goes, What's home alone? <laughs> I was like, oh. See, I don't see that part I don't believe. I as tight knit as they are, that family's watch home alone together. Right. I feel like that that's a that's a Christmas Seriously. movie. Come on. Yeah. And I, and and not to be a jerk, but micro machines have been around for a long time. They're still around. So, you know, what kind of yeah. young kid don't know that? Yeah. <laughs> Although it was a very funny scene. Um, I also like all of the references to 80s underground movies. Like we have Chud and uh, the Goonies multiple mm-hmm. times. There's and the line. There, oh, there was one restaurant there named Cobblepot. Yep. Uh, yep. Copper, copper Pot. Copper Pot. Uh, Yep. You know, it's funny. Me and Josh did the same thing because we, we kept saying Cobblepot because of Oswald yeah. Cobblepot. <laughs> right. Chester Copperpot. <laughs> yes, Copperpot. Not, not, not the penguin. But yes. I'm sure the penguin has uh, restaurants and bars out, out there somewhere. Oh, I'm sure. He's got his little, his little sushi places. <laughs> Ice house. <laughs> right. But yeah, the, he had the, so there was the Copperpots uh, uh, restaurant. Um, there's the, the moment where Red is talking about, like, when she's revealing her plan to Adelaide at the end of the movie, she says, it's our time, our time up there, instead of, you know, where Mikey goes, it's our time, our time down here. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. that's cool. Okay, little, little twist. Um, <laughs> oh, but those also, Easter eggs. Also, we got to mention one of the biggest Easter eggs in the entire movie, the fucking Lost Boys. It takes place, you know... Santa Cruz Beach, and yeah. they even comment when Adelaide is a kid. And remember, it's 1986. Her mom goes, I think they're filming a movie over there. You should go see if they need extras. Where they yeah. filming Lost Boys. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I was like, fucking Santa Cruz. Too many vampires. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> vampires uh, and doppelgangers now. Yep. Yeah. And a- apparently, uh, according to the, the uh, trivia, they didn't have to do a lot of work on that, like on the Santa Cruz set, because there actually were underground tunnels beneath the Santa Cruz boardwalk. They're saying that, granted, it's it's all used for storage, like it's ride mm-hmm. parts and old, you know, pinball machines and all that kind of stuff. But the tunnels that we see, like 
down there with the, the, the rooms and the cages and all that. Like, those exist under the boardwalk. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking creepy. So they actually found a place that had them. <laughs> that's but, amazing. Oh, it was so fucking good. Like, I, I just, I know for whatever reason, you know, people were very divisive on this film. And I don't know if it's because there was that, unfortunately, uh, a group of just racist, bigoted assholes who were mad about Get Out being such a big horror movie. And I don't know if that was part of why this this movie got such a like bad rep online. It did wonderfully at the box office. Like, it crushed yeah. at the box office. And I know a ton of people that love this movie. But there was also a lot of people at almost every horror group I'm in. When when us gets brought up, people are like, oh, that movie was dumb. There's a lot of people that, that it's very divisive. It's not quite as divisive as it follows, but it's divisive. I, I feel like people think it's dumb because they don't get it. Yeah. Or they're that, not paying attention. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, because this is a movie you can't be you can't be half paying attention to. No, no. no. Really got to be paying attention. You can't attention. be looking at your phone and looking at the movie and talking to somebody and Mhm. And I like, was going to say I was going to say earlier, you know, this is a movie you need to watch you know half a dozen times just to get everything. Oh yeah. At least. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, this this was my fourth watching of it and I was picking up on tons of little details. Um, like I said, I never, like never put two and two together with the, the, I got five on it song. I never, like it never clicked until this viewing. And I'm like, son of a bitch. How did I not notice that? I was <laughs> noticing the scissors and the, the, you know, the whole hands across America of them being tethered together. Like I was noticing all that shit and I never noticed that. Um, I also, I, I, I didn't realize it at the time, but I, I looked up the, uh, whatchamacallit, the meaning of the word umbre, which I didn't know that it meant shadow or darkness. So I was like, oh, well, that makes sense to this character. You know, she's she's the the dark version of Zora. Um, and then Abraham means, means father of multitudes or father of a nation, and he's the father of that group. I was like, mm -hmm. that's kind of interesting. And then, of course, Pluto, uh, the Latin name, it's the Latin name for Hades, god of the underworld, you know, underworld filled with fire. You know, it's like, Okay, like there's there's a lot of little connections there. So he's not named after the Forgotten Planet. No, or the Disney dog. <laughs> <laughs> that was gonna be my guess. <laughs> I, I, I think I'd rather be named after the long like forgotten him. planet. <laughs> I mean, he could have been from the you know the mutant and hills have eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. could have been named after him. Um, he did move very similar to Pluto. Yeah. He was down like on all fours. And, yep. Yeah. And how <laughs> he was, he was arched and stuff. Maybe maybe he was a combination of everything. The he, dog, yeah. the, the planet, <laughs> the creature, <laughs> the creature from the hills of eyes. <laughs> he also growled a lot. So yeah, there, there might be more more uh, to the theory about him being more dog like than anything. I don't know. I don't think Pluto <laughs> ever growled that much though. <laughs> yeah, I, I can only think of a handful of times, but he definitely did growl. Yeah. I want to say yep. in the uh, uh, Jack and the Beanstalk uh, Disney cartoon with Mickey, mm. where you know he gets the mm. gets the bean and goes. I want to say Pluto growled at the giant, but yeah, uh, I think so too. But yeah, no, it's this again. I keep keep going on about how fucking good this movie is, but I do think this is my favorite of Jordan Peele's movies. 
Um, it like you, Maurice. I go back and forth with this and Get Out because Get Out is another like really good sci-fi horror movie. Um, just that whole idea of like snatching someone's body from them is yeah. such a creep. But it's 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 in that body horror realm. And I mean, this is too. Yeah. It's again a clone who's sharing your soul. Like, there's a lot of fun body horror elements to both of those movies. Um, nope, I think is the weakest of all three of his films, but I also love the movie. So that's yeah. that. That's like when I say Captain Marvel is one of my my least favorite Marvel movies. It's still a Marvel movie, and I fucking love it. You know? <laughs> so I kind of feel the same way about these. Yeah, but, I, I probably, yeah, I'm probably with you. Us get out and then nope. Yeah. And then again, yeah. that ain't saying nope is bad. I know a lot of people didn't no. like that either, but I thought it was good. And the, the whole subplot with the freaking monkey was creepy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> the killer chimp. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know, guys, like. I, I know we're kind of rambling all over the place, but do you guys have anything in particular you want to bring up about this movie? I don't know. Uh, I feel like I I feel like we've talked about most everything. I'm Yeah, I'm looking at my notes here and pretty much, yeah, anything like I was thinking about covering. But the more like you think about it and the more you talk about it, the more deeper you go and you can keep going with it, you know? Oh, absolutely. It's definitely one of those movies where there was like so many different aspects to it that you could do that. Well, and it's it's one of those things that, you know, like Maurice said, you have to watch it multiple times um, because there are so many little Easter eggs and there are so many little hints at what's going on. Because once again, like, you know, without knowing what the movie is at first, it seems like they're all clones. You know, and as you watch it a second time, like you realize, oh, shit, they're telling us very early on that Red is the real Adelaide. You know, it's mm-hmm. just ugh. it's fucking creepy. But we do get yeah. uh, at the end of the movie that that sequence that I was just talking about where she she finds Red and, um, you know, Red explains everything, how the tethered were created by people. Uh, she's saying, like, you know, we're people like, you know, teeth and bone and blood where we are the same as you, a perfect copy. But we could they couldn't copy the soul that mm-hmm. the soul is shared by two. Um, then she says the tethered were used to control the people above. The experiment was a failure and abandoned. So the tethered continued without direction or purpose. And she makes the little Alice in Wonderland reference where she goes, they all went mad down here. And I was like, oh, okay, we're all a little mad here. Um, <laughs> well, and then, I, I, I have a... Do you think she tells the family after the movie? No, I don't. I think Jason knows. But Jason I think, knows, yeah, because he looks at her with that look, and then he pulls down his mask. Mm-hmm. Kind of hiding from her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, there's there's... I don't think the family knows. I, I think that Adelaide is going to continue on, even though she now knows, like, cause we see that look at the end of the movie, like after she kills red and they're driving yeah. away, like she's like, she's flashing back to being, you know, to dragging red down or dragging, you know, the real Adelaide down into the, into the basement or down into the underground and walking yep. away with that evil smile. And then we flash back to present day and Adelaide is kind of sitting there with her eyes wide. And she looks over at Jason, who's staring at her with that knowing look, like he knows what she is. And she just smirks at him 
and then goes back to driving and he lowers his mask watching her like terrified. Yeah. I don't think she really knew until that moment. Yeah. yeah, Even with what like red was saying before and stuff, I still don't think it fully clicked until that memory came back. Right. And and, you You know, know? she kind of put, she kind of put the pieces together in, in in the Mm -hmm. car. Yep. Yeah. And that, that's kind of what I was getting at when when I said, like, she convinced herself that everything was fine. Like, after going through, like, the, the dance and the therapy and all that, yeah. like, she convinced herself. Like, she believed the lie. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, I do like that, that scene, though, where, where Red is explaining everything. And she's talking about how the tethered went crazy because she stops and she goes, and then there was us. And she explains that the night it happened. Uh, or she explains about the, the night, you know, when it happened and all that. And we see um, Red, like, leaving, going up toward the, the top. And we see Adelaide coming in through the House of Mirrors. And one thing, did you guys notice, like, as she's walking by the, the Bible beach bum, he's standing right by the sign that says exit. Like, that's that's the sign to escape. Mm-hmm. So Red kind of followed that and went upstairs and, you know, found Adelaide. Um but yeah, she she basically tells her that uh, the 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 tethered found her to be different after the whole dance, and uh, she was chosen to lead them basically to get them out of there. Mm-hmm. So, and then we get our dance so, fight. <laughs> I, I have a question though. How did they explain? Maybe I missed it. How they got everyone's DNA? No, no, they never okay, did explain so, that. Okay, I mean, they, they, like, okay. Well, I was thinking, you know, how did they get everyone's DNA? Did they explain it and I just didn't catch it? I mean, it could be as simple as, like, you know, everyone... (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, most people have had blood tests, you know, some kind of, you know, dental exam, anything, like, where, you know, Lord only knows what kind of samples they take from us. Um, Yeah. You know, it's kind of the whole idea of, like, you know, back in the 80s where every kid across school is like, oh, yeah, we're going to do your fingerprints and it's going to be fun and we're going to, but now we have your fingerprints on file. We know if you ever fuck up, we can find you. Right. Yeah. You know, it could be one of those types of things. Um, I also, uh, the, the going back to with Adelaide, like not knowing she was the tethered, there's a couple of sequences where it slips. When she kills uh, the one twin, like who was still alive and attacks her in the Tyler house when she kills her, like she's like grunting and grunt, like she's like, she almost becomes bestial. And like yeah. that, that was the first point where Jason sees her and looks scared. Mm-hmm. And then later when she kills uh red, when she like chokes her out and like snaps her neck, she like mm-hmm. starts grunting and smiling and clicking her teeth, almost like, like the other tethered were doing. And yeah. that, that's when we hear Jason in the locker and she snaps back to her normal personality and goes and gets him. She's like, oh, I found you. And did you notice when she hugs him, he just holds his arms out like he's terrified to touch her. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oof, like that poor kid. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, great. Mom's a monster. OK, what do I do now? <laughs> Seriously. But um, there, there's a lot of cool trivia in this movie. Uh, like, I'm sure. Reese, I know you, you probably read a lot of this too, but um, uh, Lup- I mean, I'm probably going to say it wrong again, but Lupta Nyong'o, she based uh, Red's voice on Robert F. Kennedy Jr., um, who has the, was it, spasmodic dysphonia, um, where his voice is all, like, 
kind of raspy and hard to understand what he's saying all the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, I could I could totally hear it after hearing because I've heard the man, you know, give speeches to the Senate a couple of times. And it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> it does sound a lot <laughs> like um, the words get out are carved into the entrance of the Hall of Mirrors. So like when they're when she first goes in, it says get out on the wall. Again, obviously a reference to Jordan Peele's first movie, but also in reference to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. You know, don't go that way. Um, this I thought was really interesting that during during the filming of the Santa Cruz boardwalk, uh, the rides were all filmed with dummies. So there weren't real people on those rides. And then they use CGI to create moving people. Mm-hmm. And, and I went back and like watched it just to see it. I'm like, this is a perfect example of how you properly use CGI. Yeah. Because they just enhance a sequence and mm-hmm. it's in the background and you can't really like it, it, you're none the wiser because it looks like people flailing around and screaming. Right. But yeah. I'm like, that's that's good. I wish more <laughs> filmmakers would would utilize CGI for that. So there's this um, little video. Oh, I can't think of the name right now that we've been watching in class that the mm-hmm. kids absolutely love. And it's this little duck and he's asking for lemonade and, or no, it's, he's going to eliminate Sam, but he's asking. Oh for no. Break. Yeah. So <laughs> they want to listen to this every day at the end of the day. It's kind of how like we calm down for the day before like we go on the bus and everything. Oh. And I'm like staring at it. I'm like, how did they create that duck? Is it CGI? Is it a costume? Is it a puppet? And I'm like, really? Like today I brought it up in class so we could all talk about it. And I can't figure out how they did it. (laughs) All I know is I hate that song. (laughs) (laughs) Caleb was obsessed with it when he was like four. And it was one of those things I had to hear on repeat over and over again. I was like, I hate this damn song. Yeah, the mm-hmm. school year just started. Tomorrow will be our first week, so I'm sure I'm going to hear it a lot. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> Kid, kids get, definitely love repetition. Yeah, I get picks too, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, break it up a little bit, you know. Yeah. Throw, throw fuck the police in there at least once. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We don't need fifth graders saying that. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, one of the other <laughs> things I found in here that, that like I had mentioned with the how well it did at the box office, it grossed 71 million uh, over the opening weekend, the highest ever for an original horror film and the second highest uh, for an original live action film. The first being Avatar from 2009, which was 77 million. So fucking good on it man like that's that's pretty awesome that's that's a that's something to hold up high on your on your credits list mm-hmm. yeah definitely um there was the the shot where the wilsons are driving to their vacation home along with the uh synchronized speech mannerisms of the twins are both references to the shining um which i thought was kind of fun and uh at the tyler's house after like the quiet moment where they're trying to decide what to do Jason is eating a bowl of dry fruit loops, which is a reference to, I forget her name, but the creepy ass chick eating the, the cup of dried fruit loops in get out and drinking the milk separately. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we already mentioned the, the copper pots. Let me see here. Oh yeah. All of the Alice in Wonderland references. We didn't even mention any of these. So the fact that, you know, 
obviously there's the white rabbit follow the white rabbit which she does at the end to go to go down into wonderland um you know it's through the hall of mirrors so through the looking glass you know all the bad guys wearing the red jumpsuits signifying the red queen like there's a ton of Alice in Wonderland references in this. And again, if you think about it, Alice in Wonderland, it's the whole duality of reality and Wonderland. Like, uh, and, it's, and, and remember Wonderland, she fell down a hole into Wonderland. So Wonderland is below, reality is above. Like, there's there's a lot of duality there. Um, oh, yeah. Also, the uh, the rabbits are, a, are, are supposed to be a symbol of prosperity and... Um, like wealth and they're the main food source for the tethered who compared to the people above ground have absolutely nothing so it's like even though like this is a symbol of wealth they still have nothing um and then this one i just thought was fucking hilarious it says there's no hidden hidden meaning for gabe's infatuation with the boat jordan peele just simply wanted gabe to have a boat as a status symbol (laughs) (laughs) which just seems really funny for the character because it's like yeah he does look like a boat dad he totally looks like the type of dad that would be like, I'm going to buy a boat. Like, that's his big thing. Like that or a camper. <laughs> hey, that boat saved his life. Yeah. Yes, it did. That, that motor. Oh, that scene. So, yeah, when Abraham is trying to kill, uh, trying to kill Gabe and he's like jumping up on him and Gabe headbutts the, the motor and it turns on, you know, that chewed up Abraham dick first. Because because totally. of where, where yep. that motor was, I was like, "Oh, dude!" Oh yeah. Because <laughs> you just see the blood come up out of the water. I'm like, "Oh, he just got his Jimmy John ruined." Oof. Rough. Yup. And then also another little uh, one of the symbols because we, like I said, we have the movies like Chud and Goonies. We see the VHS tapes. Um, in the closet of the Wilsons' house, we see the board game Guess Who, which again is one of those, you know, match games where you have to match identically to the one that the person has chosen. So, yeah, it's there's so many cool little references in it Easter eggs. It so deep. It really does. So deep. But yeah, I I just uh, I can't say enough good. Oh, one last thing. And this this the my, my last comment on the movie. One thing I got to give Jordan Peele credit for that I, I really enjoy is he his characters live you know this doesn't happen enough in horror movies it's always a final girl or one person lives yep. the entire family gets out like yes mom is actually the villain and we didn't know it until the end of the movie but still the entire family lives there's still a family unit even if jason is scarred for life <laughs> yeah i mean they are for now who knows what the rest of the world's gonna be like now that the tethered are above like how That's many true. other families were able to defeat their tethered, you know? Right. And yeah, I mean, because we see at the, at the very end when we we pan out and we see the the hands across America of the tethered, um, we see like how far it stretches. It's like miles yeah. and miles. It's like going over the hills. And then we see all yep. those helicopters and all the smoke in the distance. So it's like, yeah, yeah. they caused some damage. <laughs> And, like, you know what I would have done once I, like, killed those other people? Taking the red jumpers. Because right? then you can pass as the tethered. Mm-hmm. But then I, I also question, like, can they sniff them out? Because, again, with uh, with Dahlia and Adelaide, yeah. you know, like, she just kind of knew. <laughs> it's like, ooh. Yeah. 
But overall, fantastic friggin' movie. Highly recommend it. You know, don't don't listen to the garbage reviews of people saying it doesn't make sense or it's stupid or whatever. No, it's if you pay attention, it makes perfect sense. Five phones. Indeed. <laughs> I I fucking loved it. But do you guys have any any uh, things you want to say before we wrap this one up? Nope. No. Nope. Beautifully done. Yeah, now we we just got to we got to get uh, nope on here. Um cuz we covered get out already and now we finally got this one. On. This is one I'd wanted to get on for a long time. And like I said, I mean, I wrote a blow by blow go through the whole plot line, but we discussed this off the air, guys. Like it's just too much of a movie like there's too much yeah. in every single scene we would be yep. here for hours and we're trying to get our runtime Definitely. down some so <laughs> we're like <laughs> we're not gonna do that with this one yeah. you know shorter movies yes uh, a solid long almost two hour movie with a lot of intricacies now nah, we just gonna talk but <laughs> uh so with that i guess we're gonna get to our social media here uh if you guys are not following us we are the boogeyman's closet on both facebook and instagram Maurice handles our X, and what is that? At Boogeyman's Law. Thank you very much, good sir. Uh, we also have a Patreon. It's $3 a month for all of our unedited episodes. Uh, the higher tiers get you stuff in the mail and get you uh, birthday episodes, stuff like that. Uh, we are also part of the Rad Pantheon Network. So if you like this podcast, chances are you're going to like other podcasts on the network. Uh, there's a lot of artists, musicians, actors, just cool stuff. or cool people doing cool stuff. So check out RadPantheon.com and RadPantheon on all the socials. Sam, I'd like to throw it over to you if you have any plugs you want to give. Um, this Western New York Horror Crew is taking a break at the moment, and I'm hoping on having our websites on before Halloween. Sweet. And yeah. uh, you and you guys are still working on them hot sauces, but I'm just going to say right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, we have a, a show coming up um, the first weekend of October and the third weekend of October at a Christmas tree farm. So nice. you can come to the event. There's a bunch of vendors there. It's at uh, Trevert's tree services. No tree farm. I would say, uh, I'll make, just the link. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, make sure to give me the link. I'll post it on the, on the boogeyman's closet Facebook page. Cause yep. uh, I'll tell you guys right now, I have been, I've been tra- sampling pretty much every sauce that, that Sam and Travis make, and I have yet to have one that I didn't like. They are all delicious. The cherry pepper one and the jalapeno garlic are two of my absolute favorites. Um, and it's been the past 10 years. We just had a memory on Facebook that we've been doing, making the sauce for 10 years now, and then now mm-hmm. we're finally going legal with it and getting everything situated. So... Hopefully it will be available soon, but right now you can get it at that event, which is, um, you can also at that event, go on a hayride and tag your Christmas tree. So you can pick your Christmas tree out ahead of time. Oh, nice. And they're going to have like apple cider and other stuff too. I also want to comment the, uh, ha- the jalapenos you guys gave me when I, when I got the hot sauces. Oh, the oh. cowboy candy. Holy hell are those hot. <laughs> <laughs> they're super good no no they're dude, dude don't get me wrong they are freaking delicious but my dumb ass <laughs> sat there like eating them one after the other and my face was on fire but i'm like they're so good i can't stop <laughs> like, uh we we actually recently did pulled pork sandwiches and we we put oh the jalapenos 
Oh, I, I loaded it up with the jalapenos and some barbecue sauce. It was freaking outstanding. That sounds nice. Yes. So Hollow Creek Farm sauces and spices on the Facebook. And uh, yeah, the cowboy candy. It's a sweet pickled jalapeno. Oh, they're That's so what we tasty. Were just talking about. They're so good. <laughs> like seriously, I could sit there and eat them like chips. They're so they're so effing good. But uh, so yeah, we will post a link on on the Facebook page where they can find the the hot sauces because more people need to try this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Sam, thank you for filling in on such short notice. I really do appreciate it. We always love having you on, but. I gave you only a day's a day's notice, so I really appreciate you no, no. taking the time. I appreciate you guys having me on. Oh, anytime we can get you on, it's a good time. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyone who wants to watch our next movie before we cover it, we'll be closing out our month of What a Twist with episode 196, Psycho, the original Alfred Hitchcock Psycho. Not that abomination from the late 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know one day we will have to cover, but Jesus Christ, it's so bad. <laughs> but all right, guys, as always, this is Mike saying goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at the Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned. Thank you.